0: You son, son. It's a beautiful day, and I cannot stop myself from smiling.
1: Wow, you're a happy man today. I'm
0: not. I'm fucking tired as shit. It is disgusting how tired I am.
1: No different than usual.
0: I mean, that's fair. (laughs) I actually even slept, um, slept some this time. It was only like three hours, and I didn't sleep at all the last time. And I am substantially more tired this time. I'm like, how did we get here?
1: Yeah, you stay up a lot later than I usually do, so...
0: I don't know, you've been staying up pretty late. You called me at like 11.30 the other night, and I thought something was wrong.
1: Because I've been getting in some research, and late night is the only time I really have to do it.
0: Well, while you were researching true crime, I thought you were partaking in a true crime as the victim. I was like, why the fuck is Kalen calling me so late (laughs)
1: I thought you were going to say that I, <laughs> I had partaken in a true crime and I was calling you to come help cover
0: <laughs> up. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's go. Could <laughs> you imagine us covering our own case? Uh, oh, boy. And, and that's when Houston, the lousy fuck that he is, broke into the home. <laughs> 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 anyway, I guess we should probably say hey, everybody. What's up? Yeah, How are we what's doing? what's up, you guys? <laughs> uh, we hope everybody's doing fantastic today. We are feeling some type of way
1: yeah we're feeling a type of way
0: yeah caitlin i'm about to do something weird with the mic watch out okay all okay. right we're back <laughs> sorry we had to do some uh freaky deaky shit with the oh uh, the... <laughs> yeah with the uh
1: deaky. Mm-hmm. what is that song how's it go
0: dude i don't even know what you're saying what i don't know what it's you're talking about
1: 96 it's like a new um, pop song that's out right now.
0: Do you know the last time I listened to radio? Okay, oh, fair the there's like that TikTok trend with that guy who's singing. Na, 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 na. That's it. That's yeah. it.
1: It's the na, 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 na. I don't yeah. know how it goes, though, because yeah. I don't really listen to
0: thank radio. god that that was so bad there's no way we're getting copywritten for that all right <laughs> copyright copy copyright i like how you up. did that voice you
1: said, <laughs> dun, 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 dun.
0: <laughs> thank you i'm actually like am uh, like a soulful jazz singer i love it um you got they,
1: that chest
0: yeah sound uh, they call chest me sound. lady man by the moonlight <laughs> oh god because
1: this is why we don't record while we're tired oh
0: my god it's <laughs> and we're always tired always so oh uh,
1: needs more coffee
0: yeah dude always i literally walked the fuck in this morning and she was like coffee and i was like sure
1: you want the coffee yeah
0: because
1: the coffee's what i
0: make <laughs> she says coffee i say coffee
1: and then we coffee <laughs> oh
0: damn <laughs> are we being offensive we're sorry to anyone with those accents mm-hmm. i have family members with those accents i'm just making fun of my family I'm not,
1: I wasn't making fun of anybody. I just really like coffee. Coffee. <laughs>
0: if I wanted to make fun of anybody, it'd be my family from Chicago. You
1: know what that reminds me they have of
0: the accents.
1: That little guy that goes to Starbucks and he's sitting in the car with his mom and he talks in cursive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you heard it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cursive talking gives me anxiety. I'm like, you can't even write it. Why are you talking it? <laughs> I already have anxiety, so... <laughs> I'm gonna have to get water in the middle of this because uh yeah we're not um I hope you guys like the banter so far every once in a while we just have to have an episode where we do nothing but banter for 20 minutes 20 minutes yeah and um we're still getting used to we have a new mic so now we 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 have separate mics so there should be crispier audio now
1: yeah, we hope you guys love it yeah we're I running off that mouth sounds sorry
0: <laughs> we're running off uh two two tracks now so um that'll make everything a little bit better but we're also working with the new software we're making it so, a little
1: crispier
0: yeah there's just a lot that we're kind of working out the kinks right now we're so we're trying it out we're doing something we're yeah. trying it out not succeeding it out am i right
1: i mean it took us what four hours to figure it out last time
0: yeah so it was <laughs> it was rough but we're getting there we are uh some would say we're living laughing and loving and, and dreaming too and dreaming of a better life, of a life i made versus... up a song and it was fucking terrible <laughs> so anyway um I, the only news that we have is Kaylin still hasn't showered so yep she's still stinky pits oh god put them away
1: put them away, put them
0: away. literally oozing green fumes yeah so i guess we're gonna go ahead and jump into today's episode there's really nothing to talk about especially after the uh the 17 minute
1: intro we just did that
0: we just did for no reason other than we can't keep a straight face right now so um caitlin you have a case for us
1: i do i do houston have you ever heard of the lonely hearts killers
0: she's gonna start asking me about cases because i always know which one she which one she does do you know about them i can go ahead and tell you no i hate you <laughs> um i'll say no
1: no you know about it no I'm actually sorry. i
0: don't i don't know anything about it really it, if i know the case she got so excited guys her face lit up her eyes widened she like smiled from ear to fucking ear oh you're so cute um
1: cute.
0: i unless i know the crime like once we get to the crime and i start hearing yeah. it other than that, I do not know it by the Lonely Heart Killers or so Murderers. Okay, then what I'm is so it?
1: happy that you don't know it. Uh, the Lonely Heart Killers. The Lonely Hearts Killers. Killers oh. with an
0: S. The There's multiple killers. Hearts Killers, yes. And their hearts are very lonely.
1: Very lonely. I relate. Well, you said you don't know who the Lonely Hearts Killers are. Let me fill you in. Okay. Alright?
0: Let's do it. I'm here.
1: So, the Lonely Hearts Killers' names are Martha Beck and Raymond Fernandez, and I wanted to cover some of their backstory here. Alright, so I'm going to start with Raymond. He was actually born on December seventeenth, 1914 in Hawaii to Spanish parents, and the family moved to Connecticut shortly after. Mostly in Bridgeport County is where he grew up. His father was a handyman and treated him pretty harshly for absolutely no reason. He wouldn't allow Raymond to go to school and instead made him do menial work. So like handyman work. At the age of 16, him and two friends stole two chickens. The two friends' parents actually bailed them out of jail. However, Raymond's father refused to do so, leaving him in prison for two months.
0: Oh wow! At
1: sixteen, yes. Also,
0: two two months for stealing a chicken. Right. That seems excessive. Yeah, we had a we had a student release a chicken, their senior year at my high school. And, <gasps> aye, aye, aye. and they, I don't think they even got suspended. In
1: 1932, the family moved back to Spain. His father became the mayor of Orgaiva in Granada, and at 20, Raymond moved to Gibraltar, where he worked selling ice cream. He also worked on his uncle's farm and married a woman named Incarnation Robles.
0: Okay, come on, name. (laughs) Incarnation Robles.
1: He had four children with her, which he would actually abandon later. Now, Raymond served in British intelligence during World War II. Afterward, he would head over to the U.S. around 1945 in search of a job. As he was sailing to the U.S., he had an accident on the ship in which a steel hatch fell on his head. His skull was fractured and he spent three months in the hospital where they found that his frontal lobe had been affected by this injury.
0: Oh no, that's always like... The moment that you hear that at the beginning of the case, you're like, oh, they're about to do some fucked up yep, shit.
1: Yep. Now, the injury was believed to be the cause of his perverse social and sexual behavior later on in life. He spent a year in Tallahassee, Florida, prison for stealing clothes, where his cellmate actually taught him voodoo and black magic. And he would later claim that the black magic was what gave him irresistible power and charm over women. After the sentence, he would actually move up to New York, and Raymond began writing letters to women who he found in a lonely hearts club named Mother Dineen's Friendly Club. He would gain the women's trust, steal their money, and then vanish. These women were actually too embarrassed to uh, report the whole situation, so he actually remained at large, continuing his behavior for quite a while. He faked a relationship with a woman named Jane Lucilla Thompson, who was a divorce cook, and he ended up marrying her. And Thompson was later found dead in her hotel room in Spain, which may be one of Raymond's first possible murders. She died of unknown causes, and Raymond forged her will and took over her apartment and her belongings. Finally, in 1947, he met Martha Beck. Martha was born named Martha Jewel Seabrook on May 6, 1920 in Milton, Florida. Martha's father left when she was 10, therefore she was raised by her domineering mother.
0: I love the word domineering. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It just, it really, it really lets you know exactly what you need to know about the person.
1: Exactly. So, possibly due to a glandular issue, Martha was overweight and physically unattractive. She hit puberty early and developed sexual desires when she was nine years old. So she claimed in her trial that she had actually been sexually assaulted by her brother when she was younger. And she also said when she told her mother about it, her mother actually punished her for it and beat her and blamed her for the incident.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I hate that.
1: After this incident, she would claim that her mother would follow her around any time a boy would show any kind of interest in her she would chase him away she actually ran away from her home as a teenager because of this so after school she studied nursing and graduated in 1942 but she ended up having trouble finding a job because of her weight she what? yeah like back in the like 1940s like people were so mean
0: shitty yeah, yeah
1: she was having trouble finding a job. She became an undertaker's assistant and she helped prepare female bodies for burial. She actually quit that job and moved out to California where she worked in an army hospital as a nurse. It's believed that she was very promiscuous while she was in Cali and she ended up getting pregnant, which was an unwanted pregnancy. So she actually asked the father of this child to marry her But it's believed that he refused and actually tried to kill himself.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Jesus.
1: Rough. She decided to return to Florida and told people that her child's father was a serviceman who she had actually married. She even bought a ring and then claimed that he was killed in action in the Pacific campaign, leading people to feel sorry for her. And there was even a publish in a local newspaper about her. Once she had moved back, she got a job at pensacola hospital where her daughter was actually born in 1944 she named her daughter willa dean she was later fired for promiscuous behavior on may 31st 1944
0: she really out here being promiscuous as fuck
1: she was she was but remember she started having sexual desires at yeah like young yeah now shortly after her daughter was born she became pregnant again by a pensacola bus driver named alfred beck they married on December 13th, however, ended up divorced six months later. This pregnancy brought her a son, and after Alfred left, she ended up having to raise the two children by herself.
0: Oh, that's so sad.
1: Yeah. So she starts getting into some, like, lovey-dovey movies and magazines, and she starts reading romance novels, which help her escape from her, like, lonely reality. Right, yeah. Yeah. And in February of 1946, she started working at Pensacola Hospital for Children, where she was promoted to the post of director there. And that's when she posts an ad in the Dining's Family Club for Lonely Hearts.
0: If you've ever been to Pensacola, it's beautiful.
1: I love Pensacola. Like,
0: not Pensacola Beach, like, the actual, like, city of Pensacola. No, maybe not. It's, (laughs) uh, I mean, it just, it looks like a city. Like a small community but um we went we camped Mm -hmm. at a uh at a campground in pensacola which is still about like a 20 minute drive from pensacola beach Mm -hmm. and uh which the older that i got the um the less that i actually wanted to be around people spring breaking so like camping right like a little bit away from pensacola beach was perfect
1: right right So this is where the killer couple began.
0: I knew it. I knew it was going to happen.
1: Yep. So when they first met up, Raymond came down to Florida to meet Martha, which was in December of 1947. He stayed a short time, but never revealed the fact that he had a family back in Spain. So she had no idea.
0: That there was a whole second family involved.
1: Yep. Yep. Martha started telling everyone in her town that they were getting ready to be married and Raymond returned to New York and she stayed in Milton, Florida and started planning for a wedding. So Martha ended up getting fired from her job at the hospital and she also abandoned her children at the Salvation Army. She packed her bags and headed north up to New York to be with Raymond, although it's believed that he wanted to cut all ties with her. So when she showed up at his doorstep, he ended up allowing her to stay with him, and he really enjoyed the fact that she literally catered to his every whim. For a while, Martha posed as Raymond's sister for the sake of his reputation while they were here. It's believed in this time that they fell in love, and Raymond confessed to Martha his ways of conning women and actually ending up marrying some of them. And finally, he revealed the fact that he had a wife and children back in Spain. Martha heard all of this, but still loved him and ended up becoming his accomplice. They searched through the Lonely Hearts ads and settled on their very first victim. Her name was Esther Hen, and she lived in Southern Pennsylvania. They traveled to meet Esther and martha posed as raymond's sister-in-law
0: sister-in-law
1: yeah she poses his sister-in-law here and by february 28th 1948 esther and raymond married at the county clerk's office in fairfax virginia then esther stated for four days he was very polite to me then he gave me tongue lashings when i wouldn't sign over my insurance policies and my my teacher's pension fund to him things didn't go so well after that she said I began to hear stories about how he went to spain with a woman and she died shortly afterwards the new mrs fernandez who's esther left the apartment minus her car and hundreds of dollars which raymond had stolen there were two more women who were conned by the pair shortly after so there were two myrtles one was named myrtle young and she lived in green forest arkansas She actually agreed to marry Raymond on August 14th of 1948, and they were married in Cook County, Illinois. Martha was posing as Raymond's sister in this instance, and her jealousy became very apparent when she would fly into an absolute rage and do everything in her power to keep the couple from consummating their marriage. She would literally even go as far as sleeping in the same bed as Myrtle so that Raymond couldn't.
0: She sounds like a joy.
1: Yeah. Myrtle, Raymond, and Martha all went on a honeymoon together. Myrtle protested so much that it enraged Martha, and Raymond ended up giving her a heavy dose of drugs that actually caused her to lapse into unconsciousness. With the help of Martha, Raymond carried Myrtle onto a bus and sent her back to Arkansas, where she was literally carried off the bus by police. And she had actually been robbed of four thousand dollars, which is the equivalent to a little over forty-nine thousand current day. Myrtle actually ended up dying in the hospital in Little Rock the very next day. Oh, yeah,
0: that's so sad.
1: Right? It's awful.
0: Like
1: they put her on a bus, yeah, unconscious. So on their way home, the couple managed to steal a little money from more women, but none of them were really a promising investment for them. They actually met one in New England, but she ended up being younger than Martha thought, and she would not allow that scam to continue. As winter came, neither of the two had jobs, and the money started to dwindle. They actually soon located Janet Fay, who was a 66-year-old widow. She lived in New Albany, New York, and Raymond began his little game once again. Again, they're meeting all of these people in that lonely heart.
0: Yeah, like all all the exact Mm -hmm. same way, like through lonely hearts.
1: Yep. So Janet Fay had a spacious apartment in the downtown part of the city, and she had plenty of money in the bank. And she was warned by her friends and family, but yet she continued to write the letters to the Lonely Hearts Club and ended up with Raymond and Miss Martha.
0: Which is so sad because <clears throat> all she wanted was to not be lonely.
1: Yeah. It's it's really awful what they... They literally preyed on people's, like, insecurities, basically. Like, all of these people are lonely, and they're using them. Yeah,
0: and so, it's just... It's so heart-wrenching.
1: Yeah. She was a religious woman, and she attended a Catholic church every Sunday, which was actually exploited by Fernandez, who began to lace his letters with references to God and religion. His alias he used was often Charles Martin when he was committing all of these scams. Now, after convincing Miss Fay that he was honorable, they made arrangements for him to come for a visit just before New Year's Day. On December 30th, 1948, both Martha and Raymond checked into a hotel as Mr. and Mrs. Fernandez. The next day, he showed up with a bouquet of flowers at Janet's doorstep, and they spent the day together getting acquainted and talking about religion. I hate this, ma'am. As they continued to meet up, Raymond brought Martha along and introduced her as his sister, and they would all dine and tour the city together. Janet allowed them to sleep over at her apartment, and soon after, Raymond proposed marriage to Janet, and she readily accepted the offer. They made plans to move to Long Island together, where Martha had already rented an apartment 15 Adeline Street in Valley Stream. And during the first week, Janet made a sweep of her bank accounts and actually completely emptied them. She actually accumulated over $6,000, which to today translates to $73,735.
0: That is some coin.
1: Mm-hmm. This was in cash and checks, and as soon as she completed this, Fernandez convinced her to leave Albany. And on January 4th, 1949, the three left Albany and drove to Long Island. They ate and settled in for the night once they arrived, and Fernandez fell asleep, leaving Martha and Jana alone together.
0: It's just so crazy to me how much, just by writing letters to these people, like how much he has been able to convince them to do.
1: Right. So on this night, no one will ever actually know the truth about what happened, because Martha tells a lot of different tales about it. She did say, I was just burning up with jealousy and anger when she was talking to the police later. So she said that when she walked into Raymond's bedroom, she saw Janet naked with her arm around Raymond. She was enraged by this. And the fact that Raymond had shown Janet way too much attention and it became too much for her to bear. So Martha quoted Janet as saying, this is Martha's story, She said, I won't allow you to live with us. You're the most brazen bitch I've ever seen. And afterward, an argument ensued, and Fernandez supposedly told Martha to, and I quote, keep this woman quiet. I don't care what you do, just keep her quiet. Martha later testifies that she blacked out and couldn't remember what happened next.
0: Don't you hate it when you casually black out while you're committing a whole crime?
1: Yeah. It's, it's a rough tongue,
0: Right. Like, that's so unfair to you. Yeah. Like, no.
1: So she said, the next thing I knew, Raymond had me by the shoulders and was shaking me. And Janet Faye's body was at Martha's feet, bleeding profusely from a severe head wound. She was bludgeoned to unconsciousness with a ball-peen hammer and then garroted with a scarf used as a tourniquet around her neck. After this brutal murder, the couple cleaned up the apartment, wrapped up Miss Faye in towels and sheets, and stuffed her in the closet, and then just went to bed. They wake up the next day, and they buy a trunk where they dumped her body, and they took the trunk to Raymond's sister's house and asked her to keep it in her basement for the time being. And on January 15th, just a couple weeks later, Raymond got the trunk from his sister, and he buried it in the cellar of a rented house in Queens. And then he covered up the grave with cement.
0: Dude, when people start asking you to do anything with trunks, when they start asking you to help them get rid of it, when they ask you to take it off their hands, when they ask you to hold it for a little bit, guys, let's not be taking trunks. Don't. No, they're not books inside.
1: Yep, yep. So as this next week went on, they cashed the checks and typed letters to Miss Faye's family, telling them she was excited and having the time of her life. The letters claimed she would be moving to Florida, and they saw the letter Janet L. Fay. They made a mistake in typing the letters because Miss Fay didn't own a typewriter and she couldn't type, so her family immediately notified the police. They actually quickly left Valley Stream and headed to Grand Rapids, where in Grand Rapids, in Michigan, Michigan yeah. where they would find their next victim. Fernandez found a young widow named Delphine Downing. She was 41, and she had a two-year-old named Raynell. Uh Oh, pretty. love her. So Raymond began writing letters to her as Charles Martin, and he claimed to be a successful businessman in the export trade who had a love for children. Now, Fernandez, posing as Charles, told her he would be making a trip to Byron Center, which was a suburb of Grand Rapids, and Delphine was pleasantly surprised. When they met in late January of 1949, Delphine liked Charles. A lot. He's obviously very, very charming. Martha was again introduced as his sister-in-law. And before the month was out, Delphine and Charles, quote unquote, were having sex, which led Martha back into a
0: rage. I just don't understand this whole her being the sister and sister-in-law thing. Because considering what their escapades are, Mm -hmm. it just seems weird to have your sister or sister-in-law, like...
1: Continue to live with you?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: The girls did not like it. That's why. Especially
0: if it's the sister-in-law. Yeah. Like, Weird. mm, That's weird. And then can you imagine, like, when she, like, Martha starts getting, like, really jealous and and she's playing the sister and people are like, your sister is weirdly jealous. Yeah, your sister is
1: oddly jealous of you. Yeah. Being with other women. Martha, like, backed down her rage a little bit. And they were happy. Her, I mean, Charles and Delphine. Right. For a very short-lived time. It did come to an end when Delphine walked in on Charles without his toupee on, and she was shocked. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. She was you... shocked
1: to see his bald head and an ugly scar on the top.
0: <laughs> Can you just imagine that playing out? Like no, I you can't. fucking bald, like. <laughs> That was the final straw?
1: Delphine actually accused Charles of deception here and scandal, and he turned on that charm to try and calm her down. But nothing worked, and Martha, although quite angry, remained quiet, hoping that they would get the situation settled. And she convinced Delphine to take some sleeping pills, which worked. However, baby Raynell began to cry... And Martha, in her fury, which, trigger warning here. No! Trigger warning, Martha grabbed the child and choked her into unconsciousness, causing bruises around her neck. Martha's a cunt. Yeah. Raymond was pissed because she left marks on that little girl and said, If she wakes up and sees Raynell, she'll go to the police. Martha replied, Do something, Ray. He went in the other room and he got a handgun that was Delphine's late husband's. He wrapped a blanket around the gun as a silencer, and he put the gun to Delphine's head, and he pulled the trigger, killing her instantly.
0: Shoot, Martha. Shoot that bitch.
1: See you next Tuesday, Martha.
0: Like, so far, so far, Raymond hasn't actually killed anybody yet. I mean, up to this point. Up to this point, yeah. Up to this point, he hasn't killed anybody yet.
1: Hasn't been a arrested for killing anybody but okay remember miss thompson and oh and, yeah, and yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, anyway all i'm saying is life. martha is fucking unhinged she, get her the she fuck wild. out of here she wild. <laughs> She is yeah. she look sir first off i'm not even rooting for you i'm so glad that you're stupid enough that you're keeping her around because like i'm sure y'all be fucking up and that's how we found it out mm-hmm. however Get the fuck rid of her. Martha is, I mean, straight out of pure emotion. Mm -hmm. Zero, she does like, no rational thinking.
1: No control. At all. So he has shot Delphine. Raynell has watched this unfold just a few feet away. They wrapped her body in sheets and carried her to the basement where they shh where they buried her in a shallow grave where Raymond would cover her in cement while Martha would clean up the mess of the murder. The two started planning their escape, and they cashed any checks they could of Delphine's and took all of the valuables from the house. Raynell cried constantly, probably assuming what had happened to her mother.
0: Right, well, like, she, I mean, baby instinct. She knew that she wasn't in the presence of her mother anymore. Fully aware,
1: yeah. Now, she stopped eating, and they started talking about what they should do to her, and ultimately, Raymond told Martha to get rid of her. Martha said that she couldn't, but she was in way too deep already with him, with all of the crime that they have committed. So, she tried to resist, but they ended up filling in... Okay, trigger warning. Another trigger warning. This is a big one. It involves child abuse and death, and if you aren't gonna feel comfortable with this go ahead and skip through nobody's gonna feel comfortable with it but
0: i'm skipping through go
1: ahead and skip through so they filled up an empty metal tub and martha held the child under the water until she drowned then they buried raynell's body right next to her mother's in the basement
0: dude they're fucked up yikes i just it turned pretty dark pretty right i just uh, why what was it what just in my mind i'm like wouldn't it have been easier to just like be swindling people out of their money and not going around murdering everybody right like if you get caught because you will at least you just get caught with like swindling charges Mm -hmm. and like you know shit of that nature not getting charged with a bunch of murder
1: yep well listen to this so they were free to leave town now they they took care of everything that they usually did when this happened instead they decided to go watch a movie at the theater so they headed out and went to watch a movie which afterward they came back to the apartment to back up and leave and there was a knock on the door
0: um i would just like to say before we get this knock whom i'm assuming i know who does it amazes me the things that people will do after killing somebody right
1: uh, yeah
0: like let's go watch a movie i just killed a kid It's like, um, oh, I just killed somebody, stuff in the closet and take a nap. Yeah, right. You know, there was that one guy that was like, I need a cigarette right after this. And while, I mean, that makes sense. I'm sure if I was in some sort of situation, like, I need cigarettes. So, like, I almost, like, understand that. However, just the amount of people who are just, like,
1: I'm going to go have
0: ice cream with my nephew on Sunday like 30 right. minutes after i slaughtered somebody like it's insane
1: sociopathic
0: sociopathic behavior, sociopathic
1: behavior. yes now when uh, raymond opened that door he was met with two cops standing in the doorway the two cops were standing in the doorway because suspicious neighbors had called the police
0: yeah they did yeah they did
1: good job neighbors The two were arrested on February 28th, 1949, and they were brought to the Kent County DA's office, where the police and the DA questioned them. The two both knew they were caught, and they actually confessed everything. Fernandez is quoted saying, I'm no average killer, and they signed a 73-page confession. (laughs) In the presence of the DA.
0: You only told me, like four pages worth of stuff so i'm confused <laughs> where the uh, other um 69 nice from pages all, came from
1: from all those scams that they pulled remember
0: oh yeah the mm-hmm. scams are like just the individual scams okay yep
1: the scams the murders the awful, awful, awful stuff they did the reason that they confessed while they were there is because at this time there was no death penalty in Michigan and they wanted to remain in Kent County instead of being extradited back to New York for the murder of Janet Faye. Martha was quoted saying, The electric chair scares me. They were promised that if they told the truth, that Fernandez could be out of prison in just six years with Tom off for good behavior. The murders were the headlines the very next day. And again, Martha was dehumanized. The The papers were calling her name such as Big Martha using words like fat and simpering and weird woman and the giggling divorcee and many other really humiliating terms. Which, after the details were released in the papers, the public was outraged and they started calling for the death penalty for them both. Now, during the week of March 8th, 1949, the New York governor, Thomas Dewey, had made many phone calls to the state of Michigan in which the discussions led to a deal between him and the Kent County prosecutors where they would waive the criminal charges for the Downing murder and permit New York to extradite the two to face charges in the Janet Fay murders. The only reason that they got rid of the Downing murder charges was because they wanted to send them to New York. Michigan didn't have an electric
0: chair. Oh, gotcha, and so they were making sure that they could seek the death penalty? Yep. That's what I was sitting there thinking. Would the charge for the Downing murder not be like more significant considering the crime, but like also, like you just said, the electric chair? So Mm
1: -hmm. So that's why they were extradited to go back to New York. I
0: see now why they, they did that.
1: Right. So now during the trial, it began on June 28th, 1949, and only one attorney was provided to represent both defendants, which is a violation of ethics and quite unfair but it was allowed to stand, so. The trial ended up having moved from the Long Island Court to Bronx Supreme Court, and Judge Ferdinand Pecora sat on the bench. The Nassau District Attorney Edward Robinson Jr. was the prosecutor, and he had been on the case since the very beginning and was involved in the deal to extradite the couple back to New York. Many witnesses were brought forth in the trial, including Janet's neighbor, her friends, and forensic detectives who explained all the substantial evidence in court. Raymond denied involvement in Fay's case and said he had just met Martha by writing to the Lonely Hearts Club. He admitted to confessing in Michigan, but said he did it to save his sweetheart, Martha.
0: Oh, because Martha needs that. I literally hate both of them so mm-hmm. much.
1: They're the worst. He often smiled over at her as she nodded approvingly of his words.
0: Ew, Disgusting. I hate it. Wait, so they were in trial together, like, at the same time?
1: They were being represented by the same person. Yeah, Yeah.
0: but, like, at the same time?
1: At the same time. He was quoted saying, All my statements were made for the purpose of helping Martha. I love her. It couldn't be anything else. Now, the prosecutor jumped all over this statement, bringing up, everything he had confessed to including delphine raynell myrtle young and jane thompson all who ended up dead after meeting up with him right robinson was shouting in a blistering examination and at one point martha even interrupted and said mr fernandez is not deaf sit down martha sit down
0: that is um that's awfully cocky yeah Very smart ass
1: yeah she was not cool now, Fernandez gained some points by saying everybody was permitted to question me, including the newspaper men. I didn't know if I was coming or going, and the DA said that whatever I said would not be used against me. They would look upon me as a murderer in New York and let her go. He said as a man, I could take it better than a woman. If I cooperated, they said I would do six years and be paroled. Then I could do what I liked. If I didn't cooperate, I would go to jail for life. During the trial, they actually read some gruesome details of the murders from Martha's confession, and when asked if he put a gun to Delphine's head and shot her, Raymond said that is true, but when he was asked about murdering Janet, he denied it. Martha jumped out of her seat and asked to take the stand, but the judge admonished her and she sat through the rest of Raymond's roast session about their confessions of deception, sex, fraud, and murder.
0: You don't just get to ask if... I could go on the stand and like hey, I, I um, I don't like what's being said, so I want to go on the stand this very moment,
1: oh, yeah, she jumped up,
0: yeah, no, absolutely not, she again, she is unhinged,
1: yeah, she's, she's like wild. he's
0: intense, but like at least he's not like he seems like composed, right, she is strictly acting on whatever emotion pops up,
1: one hundred percent. People were actually skipping lunches during the trial just to make sure that they were able to keep their seats in the courtroom. After Raymond did his testimony, Martha's testimony began with her sad story of her childhood, including the attacks from her brother, the bullying, and that unwanted pregnancy. Trigger warning. She said that she attempted suicide on several occasions. She talked about how awful it was for her to have to drop off her kids to the Salvation Army and how it was terrible because she couldn't keep a relationship. Martha claimed that she knew Raymond was a murderer and said she helped him find the lonely women to victim She was quoting saying, Raymond got quite a kick out of the photographs of some of the old hags who write to him and expected him to correspond with them she would giggle at times when she recounted how easily raymond was able to deceive his victims martha was asked about janet and this is where she said that she couldn't remember what happened that night after the argument ensued when asked about fernandez so martha said we loved each other and i consider it absolutely sacred you referred to the love making as abnormal but for the love i had For Fernandez, nothing is abnormal. And she also said, a request from Mr. Fernandez to me is a command. I loved him enough to do anything he asked me to.
0: I feel like everything about that is abnormal.
1: 100%. She also claimed that the scarf that they used as a tourniquet was in order to stop the bleeding because she learned in nursing school that you could use a tourniquet to stop bleeding. So, while she was recounting her sexual acts with Fernandez, she referred to things he would do connected to his practice of voodoo. Some of the things she said he did made some of the women leave the courtroom. So, the trial was actually disrupted at one point because people were leaving by would-be spectators trying to get inside the courtroom to replace the ones who walked away. On August 18, 1949, after 44 days worth of testimony, the case went to the jury. The jurors worked through the night from 9.45 p.m. to 8.30 a.m. The courtroom was near empty when the verdict was read because all the spectators had gone home, thinking the jury would continue deliberations in the morning. The jury was hung 11 to 1 throughout the night until there was some clarification about Martha's sanity and if the murder of Miss Faye was premeditated by Fernandez, but they finally reached a verdict. Both Fernandez and Beck were found guilty of murder in the first degree. Yes, they were. Yep. So, sentencing was set for the following day. On August 22nd, both of the defendants were sentenced to death by the electric chair, and they stood impassively listening to the judge. They were scheduled for October 10th for the electric chair, and they both sat in Sing Sing Prison on the Hudson River to wait out their death penalty. Sing Sing? Sing Sing.
0: Yeah, in New Prison. York. Mm-hmm. I watch Castle, and Sing Sing is often brought up in Castle.
1: Yep. That's where they sat, on death row. Now, it was a very tumultuous time while they were in prison. They arrived on August 19th, 1949, and there was ongoing drama surrounding the couple. I imagine. They also didn't quite make their uh, October 10th death penalty day. Um, So October 10th came and went. Um, Martha was accused in 1950 of having a sexual relationship with one of the guards. Fernandez believed that she had this relationship, and he asked that all his appeals be stopped immediately so he could end his living death. So they were working on appeals for the death penalty.
0: And he was just like, no, I'm done.
1: Yeah, I don't want to, because Martha's... Martha doesn't love me. Now, Martha and Raymond carried on a love-hate relationship throughout their time on death row, and some days they would... Profess their undying love for each other. And others, they would barely speak to each other.
0: This is the epitome of a toxic relationship.
1: The most toxic. Fernandez tried reaching out to his long-lost children and wife from Spain, saying, Kisses and hugs to the children, and you receive a million kisses and hugs from the one who always will have you until the last second of my life. His wife actually replied to this, saying, Do you prefer me to fly to you and spank you for not writing, just as if you were a little child? Kisses from the children. All my love to you from your wife, Incarna.
0: Did she not know what was going on? (laughs) There's no way. There's no way. I don't know.
1: So, Martha appealed to the women out in the world, and some even started to empathize with her. They believed that she wanted to please the only man she ever loved, and he loved her. Witnesses for their death on March 8th, 1951 totaled out to at least 52 people. Martha's last meal consisted of fried chicken, no wings, french fries, and a lettuce and tomato salad. Fernandez ordered an onion omelet, french fries, chocolate, and a Cuban cigar. And as the Tom Grenier, Martha wrote Raymond a letter professing her undying love.
0: Does a cigar count as a last meal? Last ma-
1: I mean, I guess That's, it's because for me, it's
0: like for. okay, so like I'm gonna get chicken, I'm gonna get pizza, I'm gonna get um, Swiss rolls. Swiss rolls. <laughs> love a Swiss roll, um, and probably like a uh, like a butterscotch pudding pack. Yeah. And but then for the drink, like oh, I'm thirsty, I'm parched. Can I get a fifth of tequila? Does that count? Like it's a drink.
1: I mean, and fair that enough.
0: feels like it falls more under the meal category than a Cuban cigar. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I feel you. Martha wrote Raymond a letter professing her undying love. Fernandez said, "The news brought to me that Martha loves me is the best I've had in years. Now I'm so ready to die. So tonight I'll die like a man."
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so first so first you said she hates me it's time for me to go and then now he's like she loves me it's time for me to go
1: yes so like
0: does he have to does she have to be like for him to stay like she tolerates me i must stay on earth
1: man i really don't know i wish i could tell you
0: as if he had a choice in it at all he was on death row
1: as he was being led to the room where he would die he said I want to shout it out. I love Martha. What do the public know about love?
0: Maybe not a lot, but they know not to murder. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Accurate. That's pretty good, I think.
1: He was a very broken and panic-stricken man. And he had to end up being carried to the chair.
0: So... I thought he was ready to die.
1: <sighs> I know.
0: This man, he is he's so back and forth. Okay, so he's, and forth. He has now made it to the unhinged. Yep. That Martha has been at this whole time. Hit that level. This almost feels like like he's he's having like a, a a mental decline. It's happening like right before our very eyes.
1: Right now, Martha's last words as she was led from her cell were, "What does it matter who is to blame?" She said, "My story is a love story, but only those tortured with love can understand what I mean. I was pictured as a fat, unfeeling woman. I am not." unfeeling, stupid, or moronic. In the history of the world, how many crimes have been attributed to love?
0: They're acting like this is like an old romance novel. This feels like Shakespeare. yeah, Like like Romeo and Juliet, but like murderous.
1: Yeah, we're watching a movie. Now, as she was brought in to the room, the matrons from the prison were actually teary-eyed, and she mouthed to them, so long. But she didn't actually make a sound. By 11.24 p.m., both Raymond and Martha were dead. So, there were also two others who were actually sentenced to death before them, which made this the first quadruple execution since 1947. The executioner, Joseph Francel of Cairo, New York, was paid $150, which totals to $1,708.68 per person for the executions. Overall, that totals to $6,834.72. So
0: to perform them.
1: To perform the executions in the electric chair. That was the uh, end of my crime this this uh, episode.
0: I guess for some reason I was expecting more to go on after you just told me that they were both just executed. Yep. I was like prepared for like you to say more. Nope. There's nothing else that because
1: is it? Because yeah. they are dead and they are out of this world.
0: Kaylin, I don't know that case. I did it. <laughs> She's so proud.
1: I did it. I found a case you didn't know.
0: and you know, thats fantastic. It was
1: wild too. It was a wild time.
0: Yeah, it was. The they just—it's crazy to me that people like this find each other. But like, it almost makes sense that they would find each other. But right. like, like not in a good way. Like it makes sense in a bad way. Like, yeah. They got together, and obviously we saw what happened. But right. like, it's just, ugh, I don't know. It was wild. That was wild. a wild time. They were fucked up.
1: Very, very
0: but aside from that do you you got anything for the you got anything for the folks
1: all i have to say is make sure you leave us a rating and review we'd love to hear from you and make sure you go check us out on all of our socials we love whenever you interact with us and we love all of you and we thank you so very very much for listening
0: also make sure that you write into us at crime or reason also, make sure you check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash It's so much fun. Uh, yep. And uh, just talk to us, interact with us, let us know. And uh, we love you guys. And we
1: thank you for listening every time.
0: Oh. <laughs> I was just attacked <laughs> by a box.
1: I tried to warn you, but all I <laughs> out nothing, was this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in case you're wondering what that was... That was me being viciously mauled by a cardboard box, (laughs) cardboard Amazon box. But, uh, yeah, Um, so make sure that you come back for the next episode or you will probably be attacked by a cardboard Amazon box. Yeah. And you don't want that. So uh, we will see you next time, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. (laughs) I reckon. But uh, make sure that you guys stay safe.
1: Make sure you stay healthy.
0: And make sure you stay criminal. criminal. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye, I reckon.